Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome back to another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is Derek diamond and we have a very special guest this evening kids she was my co-host on the pop culture palette she has her own twitch stream and she just hit a milestone with subscribers so i'll let you talk all about that miss steffi lou who hey guys Good to see you. You too. It's been too Yeah, you long. as well. Yes, awesome. Oh, by the way, it's it, I um, actually wasn't a milestone for subscribers. Unfortunately, it was for followers. We just reached okay. last night over 5,000 followers wow. on Twitch. So I'm super excited about that. We have about four. Uh, me, Derek, and both of our moms. That's who follow us here. <laughs> but one of them is not even my mom. She refuses to watch the show. <laughs> so, Stephanie, what's been going on lately? Uh, I haven't talked to you in a few months since uh, the demise of the Pop Culture Palette show. Oh, man. Um, just streaming. Uh, everybody obviously just had Thanksgiving. So besides that, mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> games man just games uh, and i know you've been doing a lot of streaming every time i i turn around you've been doing some streaming so what's been your favorite game so far of this year oh my god you can't ask me that um <laughs> <laughs> favorite game of the year uh, yeah because we're coming up on december you got another month of, of gaming to, of, of, to get to squeeze some new games in but if you had to pick what would be your your favorite game of the year so far? Probably God of War. Yeah, that's what Shen's saying in the uh, the chat room right now. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, you my too chat well. just went dead. <laughs> I can't see it, unfortunately. I don't know why it's not working, but I'll pull it back up here. Um, yep, yeah, probably God of War. Uh, I was able to play Spider Man as well. I was interested in Spider Man, but um, wasn't like on my top priority list. I was like, well, I'll play it. I'll get it. Like if it goes on sale or whatever. Fell in love with it. So that was surprisingly a really fun and beautiful game as well. So I have not I've heard nothing but great things there. about it, and it looks spectacular. It is, I think, everything and more that a lot of people wanted or have been waiting for, which is really, really nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, ho- I hope to be to getting it, it uh, during the Christmas break and actually have some time to play it. Yeah, I was thinking it's about beautiful. getting it for myself for Christmas, so I, I don't know what I want to get. I still want to get Mega Man 11. That's what I'm aiming for right now for a self-Christmas present. I watched someone play Mega Man 11 recently, and it's really pretty. It kind of still looks retro, but not. Like, it has yeah. that feel, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's everything you want a Mega Man game to be. Like, the way it looks, the way it plays, like, it's classic Mega Man. I'm excited to play it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you then. Mega Man's always fun. It's hard as hell sometimes, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, that's what makes that's what makes it so good. The challenge. Yeah. But what about you, Derek? What have you been up to this last week? Well, I will say as of Sunday, I have officially cast all the characters I need for my short film. 
which takes a huge weight off my shoulders. Um, we're actually shooting it uh, in a couple of weekends, actually. Um, I changed around some of the script, and it's actually going to make shooting a little easier because there's not as many locations to go to. So I'd like to try and shoot it in two days as opposed to the scheduled three. But we'll see what happens. So I, right now I'm just kind of full-on prepping for the film shoot. Are you doing a straight 72-hour shoot like we did on Monsters Anonymous? And Don't <laughs> we do all that. Kill <laughs> each other? No, no my, my crew will kill me if I do that. Um, no, we're, it'll be... Both will be long days, probably at least 10 hours, if I had to guess. Mm. But I'm mm. going to try to keep it shorter than that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think we can do it. I've got, I'm really excited for the crew that I've got. I've gotten pretty much everybody that I've wanted to have from the beginning. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just, it's something I've been wanting to do for such a long time and just glad that it's finally going to happen. Well, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to be on set and I'm going to bring you your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad I'm going to miss that. You should come uh, over, we'll, Steph. We'll have, come yeah. over for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, use all the help we can get. Um, I do want to remind everybody we we mentioned uh, we mentioned this a few weeks ago that uh, there was a short film that me and Derek both did together called Survey uh, on December eighth and 9th. It's going to be at the Tampa. What's the name of the film festival? The Tampa International Film Festival or something like that. But it's a film festival mm -hmm. in Tampa, um, and we are going. Me and Steve both, Steve Wise, the director, we're going to be there. Uh, December 8th and 9th. So if you're in the Tampa area or in anywhere near Tampa, head on down, go to the film festival, and um, I will be looking that up while uh, while we're talking here tonight so I can get the exact location of where that film festival is going to be. Funny story, awesome. Steve Wise is actually going to be my assistant director for the Parker Syndrome. Oh, that's nice. Steve's very, yeah. very uh, organized, and I like working with him. He's he's been pushing me in a very good way yeah. through this whole thing. Like I, I've learned a lot from him from this whole process. Well, that's, that's awesome. That makes a big difference too. Yeah. He is he is my guardian angel, if you will. <laughs> that's why I asked him to be the director on my next short film that I'm gonna be doing because I don't want to do that job. I'd let, rather let him <laughs> handle all that. I'll sit uh, back and be a producer and get his coffee <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on that note what do you say we talk about a little bit of news this evening sure how pirated versions of super smash brothers ultimate leaked weeks before release this is on motherboard.vice.com uh, as far as switch games go this is the biggest ever uh, as far as piracy goes. Um, a big title game leaking more than a few days before its official release date is something that even people in the Nintendo Switch hacking and piracy scenes take note of, but this may be one of the biggest leaks yet. Pirates have dumped the highly anticipated Super Smash Bros. Ultimate around two weeks before it's scheduled to hit stores. Um, let's see. This is one of the biggest ever. Uh, four sources told Motherboard Pirates had leaked Smash provided a video at Motherboard's request of gameplay of specific character and stage. Another source provided a second video confirming that the leak was real. Uh, piracy groups and individuals have distributed multiple versions of Smash over the past few days with varying degrees of success. 
At least one version bricked Switch consoles, according to piracy server chat logs. Um, so what do you guys think about um, the hacker groups releasing these games weeks before they come out? I mean, would you even think about trying to play a, a pirated version of a game a couple of weeks before it comes out? Because you know that thing's loaded with viruses. Oh, I Stephanie, Sorry, Derek. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either, but I will say with Smash, it would be very tempting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. This, this is, I look forward to every Smash Brothers game, and ever since they announced that this was going to have every character from every incarnation of Smash Brothers, in addition to some new ones, and, you know, it's a great-looking game. Um, I think it's even a little underrated how good the Smash Brothers games look, uh, especially for fighting games. I, I just can't wait for it. I mean, we're actually not that far away from it. I think it actually comes out next week. Uh, yeah. I, was I think like, it comes it's, out it's the seventh. soon the seventh. Yep. Yep. So but I agree. Far. Like, I don't, I will, shouldn't say like, what is there to leak? Because they've pretty much shown off everything. But I think the fact that people are like, oh, hey, I have it early. Oh, hey, like, you know, they didn't show this in the trailer, but you can access this when you get the game and stuff. I just think it's people hey, I can do this, look what I'm going to do, yeah. you know, more than anything, which is kind of shitty, like. Yeah. See, I, I don't no, really I, I... agree with this kind of pirating, Like, but but then again, we do kind of advocate piracy when it comes to older games, like we talked about a few weeks ago, the, the, the big rant I went on that got erased, <laughs> that sucks. Um, yeah. Uh, I went on a huge rant about how Nintendo is cracking down on all the ROM sites and um and that's really the only way to play a lot of those games is to illegally download roms unless you have you know hundreds sometimes thousands of dollars to play some of these games that are considered rare the only way to play them is through uh, you know illegally downloading roms so i don't understand why nintendo won't release a, a I don't want to go back into it again. I'll go into a whole rant, but there should be some <laughs> sort of like online library where you that you can yeah. access and say like Nintendo and Sega get together and come up with some sort of console together to where you can play all these old games for a fee every month. Like every single old game you can think of from like 19, you know, 85 to 2000 from every console from the Nintendo to the Sega Genesis to Nintendo 64. But, you know, that's the kind of piracy, I, you know, I, there's a lot of shades of gray in there, but when it comes to this sort of piracy, this is just dumb. Yep. I completely agree. Yeah. Our next story comes to us from shacknews.com. Sega Genesis Classics land on Switch next week. Uh, the Nintendo Switch is the perfect system to get your retro gaming on with, and there's a new collection headed there that'll really scratch your Genesis itch. Sega Genesis Classics. It's finally gotten a release date for the console-slash-handheld hybrid, and you can expect to see the game land with a digital and physical release on December 7th. Now there's two games I have to buy. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Now it's back in September. Now we finally know when we can expect it. It's a 50-plus bundle of games with titles like Sonic the Hedgehog, Golden Axe, Fantasy Star, Kid Chameleon, Streets of Rage, and more. This marks the first time several of these games have been available on the Switch, and they'll include local co-op modes as well as enhancements for the Switch, such as Joy-Con support 
and also come packing online multiplayer, achievements, rewind, save states, and mirror mode. Now, I was never a huge Sega fan growing up, but for this many games, I think this is definitely worth getting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even hear about this until you guys were telling me about this today. That seems really exciting. And another thing, too, is we haven't really done very many Sega Genesis games on this show. So this would go Mm -hmm. a long way to letting us be able to review Sega games or Genesis games, I mean. Yeah, there's a lot on here, too. This is is. quite a list. I mean, you have... um, I, I've heard of Street Rage. I haven't played it, but um, the Sonic games alone, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, um, I don't know. I think this is uh, pretty exciting stuff. I didn't yeah, give there's... a price, but um, I can't... I, I This can't be more than about... I would probably put, well, like a $30 price tag on this. What would you think? Yeah, I would say that sounds about right. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, it's all downloadable, right? Yeah. Because it's coming directly to the Switch. Yeah. I'd be shocked if it was more than that. I was trying to see if I could find a price on it, but... Uh, I think this is a, a good a good thing to get. I mean, there's a lot of good games on this thing. Yeah. yeah and there's a ton that I've never played that I've wanted to, like Altered Beast, uh, Golden Axe, uh, Toe Jam and Earl. I've never played... So I those games, in addition to, you know, always going back and playing the Sonic games are great. So um, this will be a fun time. Yeah, I just looked it up. It's uh, I actually went to their website and it's twenty nine ninety nine on Amazon for pre-order. So there you go. Right Perfect. There, 30 it, bucks, it says almost. over 50 titles. So that's that's really good. It's not bad at all. I'm getting mm-hmm. this. This is a no brainer. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, especially Switch. like when you have the NES Classic and the Super NES, which for, you know, well over that amount for... I like that they're doing this, though. I love that they're like, hey, we're going to download or give you this to download and you get uh, 50 games or you can buy this uh, console you grew up on and you're going to get X amount of games and it's it's all under like a pretty decent amount. Like 60 bucks for that isn't bad. $30 for the the Sega Classic. That That's, that's a steal. That's oh, really yeah. good. And it's great on the Switch. Drink, Wally. <laughs> uh, Steffi, you have the last news story here. Uh, yeah, so PlayStation Classic details on multiplayer save states are revealed. Um, so Sony revealed more PlayStation Classic details ahead of the mini consoles launch to explain how multiplayer features and save states will work on the PS1 games. Uh, the release date is actually December 3rd, and uh, they have a full list of games now. It'll be included on the console at launch uh, back in October. Uh, those 20 games will be the only ones players have access to while seeing how there's no official way to add more games to the device. Hmm. Uh, people found a way to put more games on Nintendo Classic consoles, though, so it shouldn't be long after PlayStation Classic release that uh, people make the same attempt. Oh, yeah. I yeah. give it a day. <laughs> <laughs> people are probably already like trying to figure stuff out with it let's be honest <laughs> uh, um, i mean even still you've got you know your save states and all that kind of stuff i i'm really not interested in this at all especially at a 99 dollar price point no thank you yeah they're um sony's 
um, most recent fact about the first classic console uh, was shared on Monday, and uh, it was revealed which of the 20 games will support multiplayer gameplay. Um, so those who played the PlayStation games may recall that not everything on the list supported multiplayer originally. Uh, so it's, the list isn't really that long. That shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the games that do support local two-player uh, feature can be found um, below in this article. So it's um, Battle Arena, Toshiden, Cool Borders 2, Destruction Derby. Um, that, not that many. None good, really. Intelligent Cube, Driller, Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, and Twisted Metal. I think the only game on this list that even remotely I would want to play is Twisted Metal. I yep. agree. That's probably that's the one it. that stands out to me the most. <laughs> um, so, like when you're saving your projects, process on these uh, progress, excuse me, on these games, there's 15 different virtual memory card slots for each title that players can make use of. Um, so Sony elaborated on how the save states work, and you can hit the reset button at any time to exit and return to wherever you were in the title the next time you're resuming the the game. Hmm. So it's kind of, I guess, kind of like, kind of like the classic because you had to go back to the main menu and do the weird up down thing and save, right? Oh, they mm. should have really went classic and made you have to get uh, the the Sony propri- proprietary uh, memory cards <laughs> for like thirty dollars <laughs> oh, a piece. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> like oh. you said, people aren't mad about paying ninety nine dollars for this already. I remember the first time I played PlayStation, a friend of mine got it for Christmas, and he got Resident Evil 2. And we stayed up and played that game all night long because he didn't have a memory card. So we had to just keep playing and keep playing because if we'd have stopped, we'd have lost all the progress. So we just played all night long until we finished the game. <laughs> uh, that's those bad. were the days. Those were yeah. the days. Memory card. Not yes. the detour here, but you you have seen stuff for the Resident Evil 2 remake in January, right? Yes, I'm so excited about that. Oh my god, I can't wait to play that. That I am It looks beautiful. Oh, it's third person, no more <laughs> no more tank controls. Oh my god, it's gonna be so fantastic. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yes. It does. Uh, but now we are going to move into this month in video game history. Uh, let me pull up my list here. Uh, in November of 1986, Ghost and Goblins, a side-scrolling platform game developed by Capcom and released in arcades in 1985, the North American NES version was released in November 1st, 1986. Didn't you review this game? Yes, I did. One of the hardest freaking games you will ever play for the Nintendo, and then you f- when you finish the game, guess what? You're not finished. You have to go and play it all over again to get the real ending of the game. I've never played it. Oh my god, you have to, Stephanie. It is the most... Uh... What? How? Because you've played it too, or you played the, the Super Nintendo version of it, didn't you, Derek? Yeah, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. <laughs> Quite possibly one of the most rage-inducing games you will ever play for the Nintendo. I mean, you it's make on... it sound so wonderful. I guess I should try it. <laughs> it's on the level of... It's not difficult where you actually want to keep playing. It's difficult to where you just want to break your controller or yeah. break the cartridge and never play the game again. 
<laughs> Perfect. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> it's on the, the Nintendo Classic, isn't it? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yes. Let's see. Also in November of 1986, Commando uh, originally released as Wolf of the Battlefield. I'm not going to try the Japanese pronunciation. <laughs> is a run-and-gun, vertically-scrolling arcade game released in 1985. A home version of the game developed by Capcom was, was released for the NES in November of 1986. I like the Commando. I'm a fan of the overhead shooters. I love those type of games. Yeah. Especially in I the arcade. I never played this one, but I know of it. I mean, they're not that great when they were ported to the NES. Like, the NES versions of these kind of games were okay, like Akari Warriors was pretty broken, but these games were really fun in the arcade. Nice. Yeah, they're definitely they're they're tailor made for the arcade. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Stephanie, you may take the next one. Oh sweet! Uh, November nineteen eighty seven, The Karate Kid is a video game published by LJN and boo! developed by the Japanese company. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to boo every time I hear LJN. <laughs> my Skype cut out so it was like you were dropping the beat for a second in my earphones I was like what what did I miss LJN is awful They're the, they were the Skype of video game makers <laughs> uh, don't get me started on Skype I don't feel like ranting tonight mm. uh, uh, lots of good stuff this evening it seems oh, yeah, yeah. I, I never played the Karate Kid you never but did I'm sure it's not nearly as good as the uh, as the movie Oh, I tried to play it when I was a kid. This is one of those kids, one of those games when you were a kid that you would you thought it was going to be great. And I don't know what it was about LJN, but they got you every time. You would see a licensed game like Back to the Future or mm -hmm. Jaws or The Karate Kid or you know Friday the don't 13th. Don't E.T., yeah, well, E.T. wasn't LJN, but, you know, um, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're like, oh, I want to play these games so bad. So every time you either rent it and you get it home for the weekend and it would absolutely suck, and then you look at the cartridge and it's got the LJN warning label on it, and you're like, damn it, LJN, you got me again. <laughs> you blow it! <laughs> uh, that's rough. rough. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, they did a they did an alien game too. Alien. Oh yes, they did, and that was bad. And too. a nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if anybody Why wants to see this? my frustration with the Friday the Thirteenth game that they produced, I actually did it last October for Halloween Horror Month, and God, that game sucks so bad. Oh, it looks rough. Like beyond Snowfester's Quest. Oh, oh yeah, that game's awful too. But that was Sunsoft. That wasn't LJN. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also in November of 1987, Kid Nicky Radical Ninja, I think I think actually the first game I ever played for the NES, uh, was known in Japan as The Wonderful Yanchimaru. It is an arcade game developed and published by Irem in 1986 and was later published outside Japan by Data East in 1987 for the NES, Commodore 64, and Apple II. Never heard of it. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think I've played any of the the last few. I mean, obviously, I've, I know of the Karate Kid, but I don't think I've ever heard of Kid Nicky. Kid Nicky's Radical great. Ninja. Yeah, that was one of the first games I ever played for the NES. I have such a soft spot in my heart for that game, even though it's not great, but it's still fun to play. I'm going to review it one of these. Uh, coming up early next year, I'll review it. I have a copy of it for the Nintendo. It looks like a game that would be up my alley. 
Yeah, hmm. it's pretty fun. Interesting. Uh, November of 1988, Blaster Master is a platform and run-and-gun video game released by Sunsoft for the NES in November of 1988. Master Blaster runs Bobby Town. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh hoping you'd play that. Oh, I, that's why I put it in here, just so I could play that <laughs> clip. <laughs> that's such oh, a good fantastic. game. It's probably one of the best, like, you know, the hidden gems of the NES. Blaster Master is such a cool game. And uh, if you get a chance to play it, they did re-release it. They did a, a, re-ish, uh, um, a redo of the game for the Switch uh, last year. And I played it, and it is fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, really? I didn't even know it was that. I have to check my Switch more often. I oh, so am good. missing a bunch of games that are yeah. coming out. It's great. I highly recommend it. You turn into it. a little vehicle? Is that what this mm-hmm. is? Well, you don't turn into a vehicle. You actually have uh, a vehicle which is named Sophia the Third, and um, you actually can get in in the vehicle and you do your platforming throughout the stages. Oh, but you can also exit the vehicle vehicle to go into um, like your you know top down um, shooter portions of the game. So it's a lot of different genres mashed together and done really well. I'll have to check it out. You Never heard of it. Oh, it's great. I mean, it came out the year I was born, so. Oh, wow. I completely completely missed it. I was 10 years old, or 11 years old, so (laughs) I'm I'm the old man here. (laughs) All right, uh, moving on. November 1991, Act Razor. It's a platform and city-building simulation game for the uh, SNES, developed by Quentin and published by Enix, combining traditional side-scrolling platforming with urban planning god game sections, released in North America, November 1991. Did you ever play ActRaiser, uh, Derek? I did not, but I do want to. I just started uh, playing it for the first time about six months ago, and I was quite <clears throat> impressed with how well they put those two genres together. Um, it's, I remember you telling me about that. It's really interesting. I don't know if you ever played it, Stephanie, but um, it's definitely worth picking up and checking out. No, I'm looking at it now. Actually, some of the um, clips look really familiar, but I don't think I've ever played this game. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere on the internet. But It was actually the first game I ever saw a screenshot of for you know the, the Super Famicom, or what they were still calling the Super Famicom before they called it the Super Nintendo. Uh, I think it might have mm. been an, an issue of Nintendo Power back in the day, but they had a screenshot of ActRaiser, and I remember seeing that going, oh, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait to get the Super <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, a lot of this looks familiar, but I've never played it, so I'm sure I've just seen like either artwork or clips of you know, these characters and stuff other places. I think we should do a dual review of it next year, uh, Derek. I agree. No, I've... I've been wanting to get this game for a while, so... And it's not I hard think... to find, either. It's not like it's, it's not a rare game by any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty cheap to pick up. Some yeah. of this reminds me of Castlevania. It, it's, it's very much like a Metroidvania-style game. Like, you have your side-scrolling portions, and then you have your, your city-building portions. Like, you go up into this um, floating, like, heaven city or whatever... 
and then you kind of float around the, the 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 map and you build cities and like you tell people what to do you have to take care of like the monsters in the area send out like you know warriors and send people to like t- tear down forests and all that kind of stuff it's really cool hmm. nice i'm i'm looking forward to checking it out uh who's That's next fun. is it me or stephanie that is that would be you Oh, okay. Um, 1992, Super Star Wars, a video game for the Super Nintendo based on the 1970 fi- 1977 film Star Wars. Who would have thunk that? It is the <laughs> SNES of the Star Wars NES game. You don't say. Super Star Wars <laughs> features mostly run-and-gun gameplay, although it has stages which feature other challenges, such as driving a land speeder or piloting an X-Wing. It also features multiple playable characters with different abilities released in November of 1992. I love the Star- Super Star Wars games, but going back and playing them now, they are brutally hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of games are like that, though. Like, I'll play things, and I'm like, how did I play this when I was young? I know. I'm awful at it now, like the <laughs> NES and the NES Classic, for instance, like games on there. So, yeah, I, I, I do believe I played this for sure, though. <clears throat> I actually got uh, Super Star Wars for when I bought the PS4 a couple of years ago. Um, I bought the uh, the Battlefront um, version of the PS4, and it came mm-hmm. with um, I think a couple of different Nintendo, uh, not Nintendo, but uh, Star Wars games on it, and one of them was Super Star Wars. I couldn't even get through the first level; like I was so horribly bad at it. Yeah, I have a couple downloaded like that too, as uh, for the same thing actually. And and I didn't try playing them though. I should have. I should go back and play them and let you know. You should and and get horribly frustrated and call me and tell me how uh, awfully horrible they are, <laughs> how horribly hard they are. <laughs> I can't remember ever playing Super Empire Strikes Back. I'm sure I did, but I it's the one I have the least recollection of. Like I, I yeah. vividly remember Super Star Wars, vividly remember Return of the Jedi. But I don't really have that much memory of Empire Strikes Back. But I mean, Super Star Wars, it's it's still fun just because it's set in that universe. But yeah, yeah, to your point, it is very, very hard. I I remember playing Super Star Wars or uh, Empire Strikes Back just because of all the snow. I I vividly remember playing Star Wars in the snow constantly. You know, I do remember me and my brother actually beating Super Star Wars because we had gotten... um, I found a cheat code. I think it might have been an electronic gaming monthly where you get like unlimited lives or something like that. And me and my brother spent hours like back and forth trying to get through that game. And uh, we did eventually beat the game, but that was the only time ever I beat that game. And I had to have help (laughs) to do it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I never beat it. But um, I don't think I ever did either. Tonight... (laughs) Um, we are going to let our guest talk about uh, a game tonight, and she will be talking about... <laughs> that is quite some jaunty music. It really is. And if you don't know that jaunty music, that would be Spyro. 
So Spyro Reignited Trilogy came out recently, and it is phenomenal. Um, came out November 13th. Uh, came out with quite a few different games, actually, too, that it was kind of competing for. Did either of you play Spyro at all? I have never played the Spyro games. I know of them, but I never played any of them. It's the same with me. Nice. Uh, I played Spyro a lot. Um, I believe I was 10 when it came out. Cause, um, so, so basically, the Reignited Trilogy is a collection of uh, remastered versions of the first three Spyro games. So it consists of Spyro the Dragon, which came out in 1998, uh, Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, which came out in 99, and then the final Spyro Year of the Dragon, which came out in 2000. And um, all of these were done... All of these were Insomniac games. That was by a the way. pretty fast turnover. One a year for yes. three years. Wow. Very quickly. Um, this game is absolutely beautiful. I'll probably be around like points just because. Oh, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> before we get into like, I guess we talk about the game if you guys want to do like sales and stuff later because this game sold yeah. really, really well. Um, but visually, the game is stunning uh, from. The way they remastered it is just absolutely beautiful. They used Unreal uh, Engine 4 oh, game wow. engine. I'm actually looking right now at uh, comparison shops of the original and then the remaster. Holy cow. It yeah, is insane. extremely just mind-blowing. Um, so I was I was 10 when this came out, and I fell in love with this game. So when it was announced that they were going to remake Spyro, remaster Spyro. I was super giddy and all for it because I was the same way when they announced Crash Bandicoot. Um, playing this game was so fun and so nostalgic, and then chat felt the exact same way, which just made it that much more special. But they used Unreal Engine 4. Uh, so if you don't know, kind of like just give you a heads up, games that run on that or that have been used for that is uh, like Fortnite, uh, Darksiders, Dead by Daylight, and Justice 2, Street Fighter V. Um, games like that. So visually, the game is just uh, stunning. Uh, what's what's even more so is that when they remastered it, they tried to quote from, you know, the team themselves was uh, they mapped it faithfully from the originals. So they took it like piece by piece and um, just remastered everything. Just the the textures and the grass, the clouds, uh, the dragons themselves so cool like i remember being young and thinking like oh wow these dragons are amazing and then you see it now and you're like oh i'm really pixelated on over and then the way they remastered them i just probably every dragon i saved or freed from being frozen in stone i was just like oh he looks so cool <laughs> that one looks really cool too <laughs> so exactly what kind of game uh, is it like what like what sort of genre is this kind of game so Again, this would be considered a platformer. Okay. Um, I didn't know if know, it was I mean, sort of like an open world type of thing. You know, kind of like, a, would it be more in line of something like a, like Mario 64 or something like that? Sort of open world type of platformer? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's super open world. There, there, you, There's only so much you can do within the like sec, select stages. But it is definitely a, a platformer game. So I guess kind of in lines with like... Crash Bandicoot and things like that, where you, yeah. you know, maneuver on platforms and around like your surroundings in the game, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's really whimsical and stuff, but just, just not even that, but like the sound design of the game was wonderful. Um, like when Spyro breathes fire, you hear his little pitter patter of his feet when he's running. 
uh, little dragonfly sparks, like everything was just, it blew me away. I absolutely love this game so, so much. Um, I did not only see comp- this. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this just blew my Nothing. mind. Stuart Copeland was the music composer of all three original games. And if you don't know who Stuart Copeland is, he was the drummer for the police. Yeah, I almost put that in the notes for you guys. I should have because I thought you would have dug that. I didn't know that until obviously uh, playing or looking up the reignited stuff because I didn't care about that stuff when I was a kid. I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's awesome. Loved it. I didn't know that. My, um, My only complaint really is like, sometimes the camera control is a little funky it feels like a little loose like if you if you tap the the thumbstick a certain way the camera kind of jerks a little um other than that something fun too that i didn't know uh jay was since you're talking about like you know all hidden gems like the drummer and stuff tom kenny voices uh spyro and if you don't know who tom kenny is that's spongebob oh is so, it that's so cool <laughs> that blew my mind. He didn't do the original Spyro, but he did two and three. So for the Reignited, they had him just like redo voice lines. And then he also went ahead and just did him for the first Spyro as well for the Reignited trilogy. Because uh, it That's says really here, cool. um, uh, yeah, he redid the voice lines, but Spyro was originally voiced by Carlo Alazraki. I think that's how you pronounce it. He was on uh, Reno. He was the deputy James Garcia on Reno 911. Wow. He was also the voice of Rocco in Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I know that I know him from another cartoon, but I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, but um, so sales wise, because I I thought I was one of the few people that'd be stoked for this game. Like I know I know Spyro's pretty popular. It used to be popular. Same with Crash Bandicoot. But when I read some of these numbers, I was like, it's just so cool. Um, Spyro, well, the reignited trilogy itself reached number one in sales and the UK on all format sale charts in the first week it was released. And it was also the best selling Australian PS4 game in its first week of release. Yeah, that just goes to show that, like, there's a lot of old games that just need to be remastered and put out. I guarantee you. Resident Evil 2 is going to do gangbusters when it comes out because there's so many good oh, games sure. back in the 90s that just need to be remastered. Um, if we can't go back and play these games, uh, you know, we need to have remastered versions of them. And it's not like, you know, not like building a game from scratch. Like you just go back and reissue it for mm-hmm. the new consoles and, you know, breathe new life into these old games again. Yeah, and I get that can be tricky sometimes because I couldn't find the article. I wish I would have saved it. It was before the game released. Um, but yeah, like Molly said, nostalgia is very powerful. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who who it was, so I'm just going to kind of like, you know, paraphrase here. But it, they put they have to put more into it than like someone like me because I never this never crossed my mind. But graphics back then obviously were only so limited, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of pixelation this that what whatever like oh we're gonna put rectangles and blocks because this is what we can do well now we can do so much that it's mind-blowing i mean look at this game for instance so when they go back to remaster it um where there was kind of a hindrance or an obstacle before there isn't now so when they want to keep it kind of like to a t 
or um, as true to form as they can, they kind of have to improvise without like making it too outrageous or doing something really weird or random, you know? And it was nice to like read the article and hear them kind of talk about it. Like, oh, before we had to put like a wall here because like we were limited in resources and couldn't do this, that, the other. When now they're like, well, we can actually just kind of like expand this and do whatever. And it's like, what do we put there? We can put like, you know, a big um, building or, you know, another portal or this, that, the other. So that's kind of stuff that didn't cross my mind. Um, which I thought was really cool to read on too. Like, it's not just, oh, remake every game, because I would love them to, like, remaster this, remaster that. But yeah. there's a lot more to it than I expected, you know, and that's that's kind of makes it more special and, and appreciative of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, what were you going to say, Derek? I'm sorry. I was just going to say just the thing that I keep going back to is just the level of detail in the remake. Not just... I mean, just remaking it is cool, but to go over the top and use Unreal Engine 4. And, you know, I, I thought the same thing when the Crash Bandicoot collection came out. Just the amount of work that went into it was just mind-blowing. And there's so many games I can think of that I would love to get that kind of treatment. Oh, one oh, yeah. of the games that easily comes to mind is I would love to have a remaster of Shadows of the Empire. Oh, my God. Oh, can you imagine I would how in my awesome chair. that would be to get a remastered version of that game? I mean, they'll never do it in a million years, but one can And dream. what's fun about that is if they, they remake stuff like that where you guys, like, grew up on it, and that's so, like, it's such a powerful thing to you. I didn't get to play that, or maybe someone else didn't get to play it, so they get to re-experience it, you know? Exactly. Kind of the way you did for the first time. And that's what I like about games being remastered or remade, you know? Like Resident Evil 2. When I, I was young, when that came out, I had a hard time playing the Resident Evil games because mm. I couldn't control the character. Yeah. You had to do like three or four different things to get them to move. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, I can do this, you know? So it's kind of... Well, plus two, kind of you know, especially a lot of games from the N64 era, the original PlayStation era. You know, there were a lot of fun games that we played back then, but they look like garbage. And, you know, people are wanting an N64 classic and PlayStation classic. I think people are going to go back and, and play these old games and be like, what am I looking at? This is looks like vomit on the TV screen. But if we could um, just go back and take a lot of those games and just remaster them, that would just fix the entire problem. Was it, not to like divert here, but what was it, F-Zero? That game I tried playing on the classic, and I was just like, "Who oh, my throw up!" Could <laughs> yeah. not, could not play it. it just, I still love that. I game. got so sick from it, and I was like, "How did I play this when I was little? I can't even see anything on TV. I don't know what I'm doing right now." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm safe in saying that if there's, if a ton of games were picked to be remastered, I think Jason, you and I could agree on what needs to be number one. <clears throat> And that is GoldenEye. Oh, I was thinking that same thing a few minutes ago. Could you imagine if they did a reissue of GoldenEye? Oh, oh the be... sales would be insane. The, it, that game alone would do gangbusters. I mean, and it's yes. crazy because it's a 20-something-year-old James Bond movie that wasn't even that good. But it, <laughs> they made a great video game out of it. And it's like when... You say 90s video games, that is immediately one of the first games that pops in my head because I had so much fun playing that game with friends. Um, yep. I had a friend of mine that um, had a, one of the only friends I had that had a big screen TV in the den back in the 90s. 
And of course, big screen TVs back then were like, you know, the size of a normal TV these days. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we had Your four big screen, people, 32 inch. Yeah. Big 32 <laughs> inch, big screen TV. And we would hook up the Nintendo 64. We'd all br- each bring our controller over and we would just like eat pizza and play GoldenEye all night long until the sun came up. Like that's some of the yeah. best memories of my life. Yep. And lots of Mountain Dew. <laughs> BD, uh, B. Kidder says, uh, Odd Job was a cheater mode. Of course he was. That's why everybody <laughs> wanted him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Val- yeah, I remember, and- I was going to say, I remember playing Mario Kart 64 and Goldeneye all the time with my brother. Yeah, and Rose said she still better be able to get Odd Job in multiplayer. You better get there first. <laughs> Whoever gets there first. <laughs> better be quick. <laughs> uh, one, la- one last thing real quick on the on the sales, too, because this, this, this just blew my mind. So this is what Spyro was up against. Uh, Spyro released uh, November 13th. Uh, Fallout 76, which was people were so like excited for, came out the next day, the 14th. Uh, it also was in competition with uh, Hitman 2. Um, and then, uh, Battlefield five coming out like a following week later. So, uh, it beat out, uh, physical launch sales of fallout 76 Pokemon. Let's go, uh, the new boxed version of Fortnite, And it also beat out Hitman two. Um, wow. It outsold Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee versions, uh, individually. So not everybody buying the two together, but like, that that just blows my mind because of how popular Pokemon Let's Go is right now. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find U.S. like official sales numbers, but just that alone, I was like, "Holy crap, that's really really cool." Oh, that makes me think that they're probably gonna go back <laughs> and be like, "Hey, we need to make a brand new Spyro game and bring it back." I would, I would love them too because I I beat the first one on stream, and then we played a little bit of uh, Spyro. Um, Ripto's Rage. And I was like, ah, this feels really weird. They tried to add some stuff. You can like bite rocks and throw them and a couple of weird quirky things. And I was like, what's the one you can skate in? Because you can ride a skateboard in one of them. And it's Year of the Dragon, which is the third one. So we played a little bit of that. And I just think they're still fun. They still feel a lot like the first one. But I just feel like the first one will always be my favorite for me. So I would love them to make another one. You said skating. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Re- remaster. <laughs> Bring that to <laughs> me now. Molly's going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and she was talking about uh, uh, Fallout 76 had a really rough launch. What is going on with that game? I have not been following following the Fallout series, but everybody seems to be hating this new Fallout 76 game. Uh, Ro and I were talking about it earlier today. Apparently, I don't know if I have the article. Uh, they're getting sued for it. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Let let me look before I say anything. You guys can just kind of <laughs> Fallout seventy six. I'm ignorant to Fallout. Um, oh, it's deceptive trade practices, which mm. I can pull it up. We found a review or a, an article on it earlier, but um, I'm very ignorant to Fallout seventy six. This one is strictly all um, multiplayer. And when they first, right before it released, when it was in beta, um, it had something to do with like your movement your character speed and everything about your character was based upon like uh basically your internet right row i think i'm pretty sure anyways it was based on your internet and stuff right oh uh, fps or your fps excuse me so um 
like if you were on the lower spectrum with like your computer and things like that, your character was going to uh, move slower, was going to shoot slower, react slower, things like that. Apparently they fixed all that and stuff, but um, it just it's just pretty broken. A lot of people are pretty upset with it. You can't do certain things they said you were going to and this, that, the other, but everybody wanted a new Fallout game. And again, this is strictly multiplayer. Um, so it's just kind of kind of bizarre yeah i, I did last, no justice with there but the last fallout game i played was fallout 3 for the i think it was the xbox 360 it came out for uh i played it for a while i never finished it because that game is just ridiculously huge but um i know people like fallout las vegas and all that stuff but man all i've been seeing like when i go on youtube all i get are videos of like people hating on fallout 76 yeah, a, a lot of stuff is just, when it comes to, I found another article, it's just poorly optimized. Uh, there's still a bunch of bugs. Um, it's just doesn't work as advertised kind of thing, you know? Hmm. Um, it's just pretty broken. Uh, a lot of stuff just is um, not really fluid and just doesn't work well together, unfortunately. See, that's why I like playing old video games. If it was broken when you bought it, you know, you just learned how to roll with it. But nowadays, it's like these games are literally put out just broken ass. And they have to be day one patches. Like, you have to download, you know, five-hour patches just to be able to play your games. And that's just bad business practices. And I know the one thing that could actually fix that is, you know, video game prices have not um, risen in like 30 years. So why don't they just raise the prices of games, push, give themselves a little more time to actually fix these games. And people, I think people would be willing to pay a few extra bucks to buy a game. That's not broken day one. That's the problem. That's the problem. I think people like both of you and myself would do that. And a lot of my community would do that. I don't think the average person wants or cares to do that, but they want to bitch and complain about why games are being pushed back. Why aren't they getting a brand new game every year? Why isn't it um, $30 instead of $60, which is super frustrating because you make really good points, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I don't (laughs) want an Assassin's Creed game every year. That's just copy and paste we're going to change the era we're going to change the country we're going to add this instead i don't want that like again spyro actually got pushed back a couple months they're like it's not ready to come out i was like ah that's a bummer no worries i'll wait for it i'm excited for it i wish more people were like that because they're not see i would much rather have you know a game that i really want i would much rather them come out and say hey we're gonna push this thing back another six months because it's not ready i'm okay with that as long as i get a game that's good when i get it and it's not broken that's why i like blizzard so much because they don't give a shit about what people want when they want it they're like you'll get it when it's done and that's just the way it is that's how it should be yeah sorry derek i was gonna say i didn't mean to over talk over you no, that was it. That was all I wanted to say. Well, that that's like a perfect example. Well, Knox says like he doesn't want prices raised because, of course, in Canada, they're already $80 compared to the U.S. Like it is more. And I get that. But like talking about waiting for games, like uh, a couple people I know were not sure if they wanted to get Red Dead Redemption 2 anymore 
because Rockstar pushing their employees like to work to death. Yeah. Um, like they openly announced we're working over a hundred hours. One, why would you say that? Two, why would you do that? Like I think we are spoiled and just we're a never ending just society of um gimme, gimme, gimme. Like um instant gratification. And it's just so frustrating because I think there's a, a few of us that are really in love with like gaming and, and what they make us feel. And some people are just like, I'm bored and want to play something, you yeah. know, it's frustrating. Well, I, I think it's actually, in my opinion, and this happens with every, you know, business that gets as big as the video game industry has. I think it's become unsustainable or it's about to be unsustainable. The way the business practice is, like you said, pushing these people to work 100-plus-hour weeks just so you can make a deadline to make your stockholders happy. And you can't treat people like that. You know, We have to get to a point in this world where you know, all these gamers that yell and scream and send death threats and stuff, it's like, just ignore them. You know, ignore them. And if you put out a good game, people will buy it. And people yep. will will pass the game around, tell other people about it if you put out a good game. If you're just like EA and you just throw out, you know, basically an updated roster every year for Madden, you know, people are going to play it. But wouldn't you rather have, um, you know, like uh, every two years have a really, really good update to the to the game, like a whole new game come out? And then just like every other year, just have like a roster update that you could just download from the EA site for, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. Instead of trying to work these poor people to death to put out these titles, you know, every year, it's crazy. It's unsustainable. It's not going to last. No, it's not. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that's that's why remastered... uh, games are refreshing to me um i get bored of like like you just said madden and call of duty and all these games that they just redo every year or recycled every year like so for this game you know to be as old as it is and finally come back out it's like wow that's super exciting i will spend money for that i'll wait for it if it gets pushed back whatever because they're not doing anything new to an extent there are some new things coming out next year that are unlike what I've played or have heard of, um, like Shadows Die Twice and things like that. Like, I'm really excited for those games. But for the most part, it's just kind of boring and recycled. Like, I'm fine them going through, like, a list and being like, what were some really popular games in the 90s or on this, you know, uh, N64 on this, that. Let's spend X amount of time doing this and let's put out the game again and make it a a brand new game, you know? Because I'd probably buy that over shit that's out now. Well, and not only that, but just the indie games themselves. Like there are so many good indie games for not only the you know the PS4 and the Xbox, like, uh, but the Switch has some great indie games that have been coming out the last few years. I have way more indie games on my Switch than I do, uh, you know, AAA titles. Like I have you know Zelda and and Super and Mario and all and Mario Kart, but I've got. You know, like Steam World Dig and games like that, and you know the Blaster Master Zero remaster. And I bought a game the other night um, on sale called Hollow. I don't know if you've heard of that game, but it's sort of like a um, that's familiar. It's kind of like a Dead Space ripoff. 
but it's really cool and dark and scary. And I've been playing that the last few nights. I bought it for like a dollar ninety nine on the Switch. Ooh, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's all right. But it was like a twenty dollar game. I got it for like a dollar ninety nine. I'm like, I am playing this, and I bought it, and it's great. So there's so much good stuff out there that you can buy that are made by like you know a team of just a couple of people making these games, and the games are great. You don't have to have teams of hundreds of people working hundreds of hours a week to put out the same games every year. Like how many freaking Assassin's Creed games have there been in like the past five, five six, seven years? And yeah. I have no desire to play those games at all. Yeah, there's, there's a couple indie games that... Uh, one of my favorite, uh, 2018, I think it came out, yeah? 2018? Um, Cuphead. I cannot yeah. wait for the sequel of Cuphead. <laughs> I love everything about that game. I really want to play that. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to yet. Well, I mean, you were talking about how much in love you are with games that make you want to break your controller, so I had it. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, absolutely love this game. Um, I think it came out at the end of 2017, actually. Yeah, that but sounds right. 2017, not this year, excuse me. But um, it, one of my like top top games of all time i am so stoked i think they were talking about doing a dlc for it that got me super excited um and then they finally announced that they are going to play uh make a sequel but when you have like binding of isaac inside um what's the one molly was doing like all the voices and stuff for it and i can't think of the name of the game um you're a bunch of little animal characters Something with something with the woods. Why can I not think of this this title? I don't know. Someone help me quickly, please. Night, Night in the woods. In the woods. That's okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there are a bunch. Oh, of you just reminded me wonderful, of like wonderful. Stardew Valley as well. I've been wanting to pick up Stardew Valley on the Switch. Stardew Valley. So good. many good things about that game. Mm-hmm. That's a good one too. I haven't played it yet, but yep, a lot of people love it. Yeah, love it. And it looks yeah. like it it stepped straight out of the Super Nintendo. Like that's what I, be, yep. I see that game. I'm like, I have to play that game. <laughs> it's this generation's Harvest Moon. Oh yeah, that's that's what I was trying to think of. Harvest Moon. It's it's on it's um 14.99 right now on Steam. I don't know if you have Steam, but if you want it for the Switch, I'm not sure how much it is there. Probably around the same amount. Yeah, I think it usually runs right around like fifteen dollars. Yeah, sounds about right. But anyway, we're coming up on the end of the show, and Stephanie, it has been awesome being on the show with you again. Thank you for it's been coming a lot of on. fun. Uh, tell everybody what Thank you've you. been up to and uh, where they can find you on the internets. Well, uh, right now I'm still streaming. I'm changing up my schedule a little bit. I think I'm just going to stream mainly on weekends too, and maybe have a Monday off or something like that. But I'm I'm redoing my schedule. Um. Obviously, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Luhu. You can also find me on Twitter at Luhu. Uh On Twitch right now, we just, like I said, we reached uh, over 5,000 followers. So I'm going to be giving away some games this week for that in celebration. And I'm also pushing for partner. I met all the requirements uh, last month. And um, I'm still trying to get my partnership uh, done and okayed and all that stuff. <laughs> so happen. Follows are free. Follows help. Um, that's pretty much it. So you hear that, everybody? Head over to her channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Steffi Luhu, and go give her a follow. 
Much appreciated. So what about you, Derek? What uh, what you got coming up this next week? Uh, just everybody be sure to, if you want to keep track of what's going on with my upcoming short film, you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Parker Syndrome. And still on track to relaunch my solo show, The Derek Diamond Experience, in early January. You can follow that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. I was gonna. I forgot to look up the uh, the film festival for Survey, but um, uh, if everybody will just keep an eye out on the Twitter, uh, on my Twitter page at J Fantastic, and on Facebook as well, I'll make sure that everybody knows where to go see Survey at, and uh, they can come out and say hi to me and Mr. Steve Wise at the Tampa Film Festival. So please do that on December 8th and 9th. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's going to be it for me. I, I don't have anything going on, so <laughs> except for this show. And you know where to find this show, especially if you're listening to it. So Stephanie, thank you again for coming on. We've got to get you on again soon. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. Thank you so much. I miss both of you, and it's uh, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it has. Well, let me go ahead and play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfantastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Go throw us a few bucks a month over on Patreon and, get, and help us get to the extra episodes every month at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And as always, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the show. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Wow. Monkey!